Rob, Judy, something went terribly wrong on that movie set. A young cinematographer, young up and coming rather cinematographer is dead. The director injured and now all of this under investigation. An urgent and puzzling investigation into why a shot from a prop gun that police say was fired by actor Alec Baldwin killed one crew member and injured another on the set of the Western-inspired film Rust. that yelled at me at once, Chris Alkin, about revision. He's supposed to check the guns. He's responsible for what now, Mimi? No, no, no. I'm a script supervisor. 42-year-old director of photography, Helena Hutchins, seen in this Instagram picture posted from the set just days ago, died from her injuries. Heralded as a rising star behind the camera, Hutchins in this post showing her excitement for being a part of the production. She was the kind of filmmaker who would stand in any uncomfortable place with her camera to get a shot that she thought would be the right shot. The other shooting victim, 48-year-old director Joel Souza, reportedly released from emergency care. Alec Baldwin tweeting Friday, there are no words to convey my shock and sadness regarding the tragic accident that took the life of Felina Hutchins, a wife, mother, and deeply admired colleague of ours. Baldwin going on to say he's fully cooperating with authorities as they address how this happened. There is a system of checks and balances before any actor is touching a prop gun. And that usually includes a prop master bringing the prop over to set, then an AD checking the prop gun, and then it goes to the actor. The district attorney reviewing the incident, releasing a statement saying, we don't know if charges will be filed. We will look into all the facts and evidence of the case with great discretion. And Alec Baldwin saying in a tweet earlier today that he is in touch with Hutchins' husband, also offering his support to her family. Judy? Hello and welcome to Killer Casting. I'm Lisa Zambetti. I'm a casting director and I'm here with my co-host Dean. And the very first thing we want to say today is to express our condolences to the family of Helena Hutchins, who is a bright, talented cinematographer who was killed Thursday, October 21st, when she was accidentally shot on the set of the movie Rust. Um, she was shot allegedly by actor Alec Baldwin. And before we talk about anything else, I just want to focus on her, okay? Helena was a wife. She was married to her husband, Matthew, for 16 years. She's a mom to a nine-year-old son. She's an artist. She loved her job and she worked incredibly hard and was just beginning to break through as a DP, um, which is a craft that has been made up mostly of men. So losing her and her talents is especially sad. Helena was named one of American Society of Cinematographers rising stars in 2019. She told American Cinematographer Magazine, you need to develop your own vision. But the key to a successful film is communication with your director and your team. Her director, Adam Egypt Mortimer, praised Hutchins as having a brilliant mind for light and texture. Um, he said, I'm so sad about losing Helena. It's infuriating that this could happen on a set. She was a brilliant talent who was absolutely committed to art and to film. So I just want to express profound sadness to her family and friends. And it's so infuriating that something like this happened. There's so much to unpack in the story. I've got so many questions and, you know, information is coming out. You know, it's a very fast moving story. 
But I wanted to talk about the circumstances with a couple of people who have a particular point of view and particular knowledge of um, these kinds of circumstances. So with me today is one of Hollywood's most sought after and accomplished actors. He's worked with some of the biggest directors in our industry. He's appeared in over 200 movies, many of them being action movies where he's either shooting or being shot at. You've seen him in everything from Terminator 2, A Few Good Men, Taken, Air Force One. Lee, I mean, I could just go on and on. Heat, Candyman, his television credits include The Walking Dead, Justified, Nikita. Please welcome actor Xander Berkeley. Xander, thank you so much for being here with me today. Hey, Lisa. It's a pleasure and in honor of the, the wake of the tragedy here. Anything that can be offered to convert something positive out of it would be good. Also joining us today is Steve Myers. Now, Steve is from Fuse FX, which is an award-winning visual effects studio that provides visual effects services for episodic television, feature films, commercials, virtual productions, and VR. Uh, he's an Emmy and VES award-winning visual effects supervisor, and he began his tenure taking the helm of a highly successful little show called Criminal Minds, where he supervised the last eight seasons of the productions. And along the way, he's also worked on Hell on Wheels, Good Girls Revolt, Mayans, um, Hollywood. And, you know, Steve and I both worked on Criminal Minds at the same time. However, we were at the two different spectrums of production. So I don't think I ever actually met you, Steve, but welcome and thank you for jumping on with me today. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I wish it was under different circumstances and we were just going to talk about fun vi visual effects, but, uh, right. uh, you know, my heart goes out to their, to the family. Um, Xander, when you heard about this tragedy, you reacted, um, which I'm, I applaud you for, you know, on Twitter and you shared your thoughts. What, what did you think when you heard about this accident, which is abs absolutely an accident that happened on this set to Helena? What was your, what were your thoughts? Oh, I just, um, you know, I, I have a, a very particular point of view because I, I, I've i been injured over and over and over again by gunfire on sets. Uh, I've lost a lot of my hearing and I have constant loud tinnitus ringing and I've suffered vertigo episodes. So I come from a very uh, slanted point of view um, from uh, just feeling like for years and years that it made no sense whatsoever to be having live gunfire on sets from that very limited point of view, just for ear protection, because you can't wear ear protection when there's a gun going off right by your head, because it would look strange for actors to wear right. over, over ear protection, which is the only way to protect your ears uh, if you're subjected to this a lot over the years. And so I just immediately just flinched that I was mad at myself for not having, uh, I, I've tried on very small levels to be an advocate for the change. Um, and I, I'm really interested to hear more from your, is, is it Mike or Steve? Steve. Uh, Steve. Steve. And, and I think I worked on an episode of Criminal Minds that you might have. Yeah. And, and I think we worked on Zoo together. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I was a. I worked on Zoo. That was fun. Oh great. Yeah. Well, um, I, I remember. I, I think firing a musket on on Criminal Minds, but you know, I don't know whether you did that sound and flash or not. I think you might have. But uh, it, it, you, I really want to hear your point of view on this because 
from what I've understood, just having seen things, that it hasn't been necessary to shoot guns on sets for a long time. And uh, I used to be wired up with for squibs and get shot all the time. And that's basically like having a firecracker go off in your ear. Right. You have it's only it's more dangerous because you've got uh, things with, you know, gunpowder in them right against your body. And, and yeah. th that's pretty much gone the way of visual effects over the years. And it doesn't, I, I just don't understand why um, I, I did an episode of, of uh, FBI most wanted and twice during the, the episode recently, I was told there would not be gunfire. So I took the earplugs out and, um, so I could hear the dialogue because they always want to tie it to the dialogue. And uh, twice somebody requested or maybe some actor wanted a reaction, something to react to or something, or there was just carelessness, but there was loud gunfire without any ear protection. And it kicked my, my ringing up to just an insane level. And that I, that I never, it hasn't returned since. And it was always bad from all the way back to, you mentioned heat, but the, uh, the, the, the Michael Mann project I did even before that uh, put me in uh, a tunnel with an automatic weapon and no ear protection being screamed at that we were losing the light and I just had to comply. And um, so that's when it started for me. So it's inside my head and I, I and so it's in my heart that I want to at least protect actors in the future from this. And because others off camera usually have over ear protection, but he, he, hearing this just like just made me go nuts because it, it, I've seen such close calls uh, with kick fire and and you know they they change things after Brandon Lee to where the the guns wouldn't propel forward in, on big budget movies, but you would feel the this splatter in your face of particulate. Mm -hmm. right by your eyes mm -hmm. and so as you shot the gun and you're making every effort not to flinch and blink when you shoot a gun anyways that that i thought was crazy so I, I started feeling this a long time ago that for everybody's safety on sets mm -hmm. guns the amount of time that gets wasted with the protocols that are necessary and the the loading and reloading and the the safety measures and the, uh, the 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 jamming that invariably happens, uh, it, it seems to me, and I really want you to speak to it, that they can do it as if you if you were to calculate all the expenses of production time that get wasted on that stuff, that that more than covers the expense of the visual effects. So that's even not a strong argument that it costs too much, right? No, it's. It's actually the muzzle, like doing a muzzle flash, doing a gunfire is one of the easiest things we do. And we have it down. You know, it's mm -hmm. like we have a library of different kinds of uh, muzzle flashes, we call them, and squib hits and, and uh, um, bullets and all that stuff. So it's actually one of the easiest things we do. And it only takes us an hour or two to do each one. And I'm not really sure. When I heard the news that this happened, I was just... It's like you, I was just in utter shock. I'm like, why in the world are they doing that? I, I, don't, I can't remember the last time I was on set and we used live rounds, blanks. I just, because when I'm in there, it's like, let's not do that. Let's, I can yep. do it. I'm going to save you time because there's a stigma around visual effects 
that if you do visual effects for that, it's going to look fake. And I'm a speed, you know, they, they, they'd call me like a, a speed bump because once visual effects came, I, I was on set, I slowed things down. But in this case, in this case, it's, yeah. it's like, you just, you just do it, just do it. And I'll put it in later. You don't have to stop. Right. And, and when you have live rounds and squibs and stuff, you got to reload. You got to, and then if you're doing squibs, you got to change the shirt and stuff like that. So I, I just don't get why they were continuing to do that because there just se- doesn't seem to be an advantage. Um, like I said, I think there's a stigma that if you use vi- visual effects for something like that, it's going to look fake. But if it looks fake, then something's wrong. Like the visual effects artist was having a bad day or something. Cause it, we have like on criminal minds, whenever we had these, these uh, shootouts, mm-hmm. I'd go to the props guy, um, Al Eisman, and I'd say, what kind of gun are you using? And he'd tell me I'm using a Glock or a, you know, a nine millimeter or something like that. And I would go back to my office and I would call up our library of, of, uh, Glock, um, uh, muzzle flashes and how that, how the, if there's smoke that gets expelled or fire. Mm -hmm. So we're using what is actually accurate. So if somebody's at home watching, they're not going to, scream fake you know it's like right. that's what it that's what that gun does yeah you know? yeah, yeah. And- it's it's gotta it's gotta become uh absolutely enforced by the unions it has to be illegal i i feel like to to do otherwise because they have to put the sound in later anyway because it's yeah. it's not the right sound it's loud as hell if it's right by your head but it's probably not accurate and more often than not if it's a if it's a quarter load blank the the muzzle flash isn't accurate and so you're actually enhancing the reality by what you do with visual effects afterwards and whatever they do in foley to put the sound of gunshots in so there's no excuse that we should be i mean um i i I struggle to hear you guys over the ringing in my head right now and and it's um you know i really you know i don't want other people to have to go through this and and i and and that happens all the time oh yeah i mean there are thousands like me the the one every 10 years of of horrible tragedy of of uh death as a result of carelessness lack of preparedness uh rushing there's any number of different circumstances that cause injury on sets um, when the, the budget doesn't seem to be covering what they want to try and do in a limited period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's all sorts of human error that gets brought in, but that's one that can be avoided from now on and must be, in my opinion. Absolutely. Well, something you made me think of, uh, I mean, one of the first things I thought of after I heard this news um, was Criminal Minds and how with all of the gunplay that we had in what are 14, 15 years on the air, I don't recall a single incident like this, which speaks to uh, Al Eisenman's professionalism and your work, Steve, certainly on making it safer yeah. for the actors with certainly without sacrificing you know, uh, the, rea- you know, the, the performances. Right. No. Uh, it, it, and, and before we did anything, if there was, you know, the safety level on criminal minds was about as high as you could get before yeah. we did anything that was going to involve any kind of danger or, uh, put the actor in a perilous situation. There's always a safety talk, um, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. They were very prepared. 
And if thanks we- to Harry Bring, I want to give a shout out to Harry Bring, who yes. is no longer with us, who was our executive producer. Harry Bring was very good friends with Sarah Jones, who was tragically killed in 2014 on the set of Midnight Rider. She was also in the camera department. She was in a young assist camera assistant, and she was through complete negligence, lost her life on a train track. Um, anyway, so Harry, uh, would never let, you know, anybody break a, a hang, a thumbnail, uh, you know, fingernail on set. Um, anyway, sorry, continue. Yeah, uh, no, no, we all have these stories and then and hers was certainly the most, uh, viral and, uh, horrifying in recent history. And, and this is going to now be the next. And hopefully I know that they rallied to make changes in the union and, uh, safety protocols since th- that just horrific train car accident that could so easily have been avoided. Um, this could too. And, uh, and that makes it all the more tragic and all the more urgent for us to uh, be advocates for change. And now. I'm especially worried for the non-unit productions, which Xander, when I was, uh, when I was in grad school, I was in a student, uh, a non-union shoot in Denver, and I was with a very experienced stunt person, Lars Lundgren, who had been in a bunch of James Bond movies, and he was the bad guy, and he was holding me hostage, and a squib, like you said, he was shot, and it exploded off of his shoulder right next to my ear. I have never been in that kind of fucking pain since I had twins. I mean, it was not just ringing in my ear. It was like having a concussion, it well, was, and yeah. it was such so painful. I was maybe, out, you know? yeah, I've never had twins. I'll give it up <laughs> to you there, but I've had about 25 to 55 wow. of those experiences in my life along with having almost been killed over a dozen times being pushed with the sort of macho yeah. horse shit imperative that, you know, and I can remember with the squibs when they used to have squibs, these guys that were like, you know, Vietnam vets, a little, you know, in, they were super intense. And there was a, there a lot of times you get kind of an attitude like actors are pussies, be mm-hmm. a real man, just, mm-hmm. just take it. And it, you won't feel anything. And it's just a little, and but it's a condom filled with blood and gunpowder next to your heart, next to your face, next to your interior organs. And when they do a reshoot, they 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 did it over and over and over one time where they said, uh, okay, it's just you know, you just feel that well, it exploded. They they wanted to just keep upping it, increasing more gunpowder. So I'm I, I laid there after they called cut, I just went. Holy mother of God and ripped this thing off. And I had a burn the size of a, of a dinner plate on my stomach and it turned uh, black and blue and green and yellow as it moved down my legs for the next three weeks. Mm -hmm. And I never knew fully what, what happened to my inner organs during that time, but it can't have been good. And uh, that's just one, you know, like a Corman movie a million years ago, but over and over and over, there would be this kind of pressure to, you know, they say, you're going to feel something. Well, you know what? I know I will feel something. Yeah, well, that'll give you something to react to. Yeah, but yeah, okay. We can't you're do this in actor. post. You're, you're an actor. We, we can't do this in post. Yeah. yeah. And But they, these things, and, and I had it happen so often that I would coach young actors having it done for the first time. I said, this is super counterintuitive. You have to learn that unlike when you're playing war or whatever on the playground as a little kid and you flinch towards your injury, before falling on the ground, you have to do exactly the opposite and 
open up, A, so they see it, and B, so that you don't burn your freaking face off. Because and, when they have a gunshot near your face, again, there's a there's an instinct to want to like recoil towards the shot. And so they keep warning you. And I learned enough to never have that happen. But that has since become ancient history. It's no longer part of Hollywood. They do the blood in post-production. So with the same technology employed, because they realize it wasted too much, you know, we have to they would attached to these condoms filled with gunpowder and blood with little little pads behind them, super thin so that you couldn't see them through your thin shirt. Uh, they would run these wires down your shirt, down your pant leg, and down over to the crazy guy with the, a wooden board with a bunch of nails on it that would hit electrical charges to make them explode off of you, and they would literally explode like gunshots right next to your head. Yeah. And... They don't do that anymore, and nor should they do bang. <laughs> this I couldn't believe they were still doing it uh, recently. And then just the other day, uh, we were we had an effect where they were going to use a, a gunshot uh, in, in the old west, and this and the, the when they were practicing, the horses freaked out. So there oh you have God. a situation where so they opted not to do it. And I was I was like afterwards, like, well, why didn't you just? pantomime it and put it in in post why didn't we because it was that was well that's what they're going to do from now on on this show the producers agreed everybody's on board everything get, that gets done in post i'm playing a one-armed man in this thing and i'm driving a mule train and uh they've they've created it they don't have a big budget and i'm really particular about the way things look and they have a, a stump for me that i squeeze my hand into and then I pad this shoulder and pull this one down to sort of make them look like so it looks shortened yeah and the FX guy was on set yesterday he came not a speed bump in my point of view uh he assured me that anything that didn't look right about the stump would be fixed in post and they can do that <laughs> and Steve, I'm just wondering from your point of view, yeah. what are your questions about this accident? I have so many questions. Like, was it a prop gun? Was it a real gun? Why was it loaded? What was, I mean, this is, I don't attribute this don't, to, as an act or fail here. I, yeah, I can't. I, I don't know because I don't know how that, I mean, if it was a blank, because I think with the Brandon Lee thing, wasn't there something that was yes. in the gun? It was yeah. actually Some... a, a .44 caliber bullet that they found lodged in his spine. Now, that is not supposed to, that is not what you're supposed to load. It's not supposed to be, I mean, are they real guns? Are they fake guns? They're real so, guns. Yeah, they're, they're real, real guns, guns. But the bullets, the bullet for a blank and the bullet, a real bullet, are very, look very similar. In some cases, and so people that are not experienced or not careful can confuse them. So I don't think there's ever any ill intent. But uh, I, I know Michael Massey never recovered from that. Yeah. What and happened with Brandon actually was that uh, someone had fired a, a live round through that same gun pr uh, prior there to was filming ridiculous. the scene, there's and it left a fragment. The bullet had fractured, so the the actual uh, shell, uh, sorry, the um, the bullet had fractured and remained in the barrel. So then, when they loaded it with the with the blank, it threw it threw the fragment out fast enough and hard enough, and it um, yeah, it, uh, that's what that's hit him and killed him. But I thought it was something like that. Was, yeah, yeah. There was a particulate left in, and that yeah. just gives an indication of how much percussion is right. going along, even with a blank. I mean, but can I ask you a question? As as an, you, all three of you are insiders and have been responsible, have been in, inside of a production. From an outside perspective, I don't. I've not worked in, on on a film or television production. 
how are live rounds even allowed on set with the possibility of them being mixed with with blanks and they would obviously look very similar surely that would be a like rule number one there is absolutely no live ammo on set at all yeah. is, 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 yeah. is, is that a rule that's why, that's why this hasn't happened more right. often than, than this there is insanely meticulous i will say to their almost invariably insanely meticulous gun safety protocols you get a big everybody's gathered around they're all shown the weapons and it becomes almost like uh, does anybody want to look down the chamber? Does anybody want to look to see that this is that, that we will not be firing in this? This is an empty gun, and and people really respect and they don't point it at anyone, even though everyone knows it's empty. It's there's a lot of, of very good gun behavior. Think of the God knows hundreds of thousands of guns that are fired, and this incident hasn't happened since Brandon Lee. Right. And um, but nevertheless, but, but, uh, that it can happen because of human error, because of inexperience. Experience, carelessness, rush—who knows? That we, they're going to—we are going to jump to the conclusion, but one can only conclude that it's one of those things. Yeah. yeah. Although, again, as an outsider, and, and just to, to take on exactly what you said, and, and what Lisa was saying earlier, and, and and yourself, Steve, about look at the level of innovation and technical skill that is deployed on any production, right? Yeah. Even on a lower budget film, but especially on a Hollywood film. So you guys do things that we don't even know about because it happens invisibly. So yeah. the idea that you could have a prop gun that actually could can actually function as a real gun and is not that it's not made so that it is impossible to to project a real projectile. That is it, it boggles my mind when I heard about this. I'm like, surely the guns on set should be impossible to be. They should firing be firing a real bullet. Yes. Yeah. They should all be dummies. I have okay. one that's like from the old west that I practice gun twirling with. It's if you look down the chamber far enough, you'll see it's not, it doesn't go all the way through. It's right. blocked. Yeah. In yeah. criminal minds, we'd use airsoft guns because they look so real. That yeah. Or couldn't tell. And then when we get to, uh, back in post and we add the muzzle flash and the, the interactive light and the smoke coming out, you can't, you can't tell. The only yeah. thing, the only thing that would give it away is, uh, is the actor's, um, how they react to the gun. And I'm always telling, I'm like, you gotta, you gotta recoil. You gotta, you know, you're firing a, a gun. You gotta act like it. Cause a lot of times they, they just go pow, pow, pow. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, that's one big thing. So that, that, Oh, they really need to like amp up their acting in order to sell that. There's a great uh, Clint Eastwood quote. I worked with him when I was a lot younger and, and he said, well, Sander in, in this scene, you're going to be taking a couple of pops and, now, I'm sure you know this, but the thing that drives me the craziest is when you're watching the TV late at night and you see a dead bang, you always got to give it a little kick. <laughs> give it a couple of kicks and maybe get out of time. Yeah. I mean, it's as simple as that. You give it a little kick, but your wrist, if it's a, fire, if it's a long arm, you, yeah. you, you recoil with your shoulder and your arm. And you, you, you work with the gun specialists that are on set that show you exactly how or Sometimes, you know, here's the thing. Some people, they'll take you out on this crazy firing range and you've got your over-ear protection and you've got live ammo shooting towards targets so that you can know what actual gunfire yeah, feels like. Right. And then you act it. And, and that's what actors are paid to do, is to act it, to make behavior seem real. And if they can't, then they need to get a better actor that can. 
and nobody and and and, and sometimes you know younger actors, i've been on some of the younger actors like, but you go i, I thought we weren't gonna have any gunfire and well one of the actors wanted something to react to and i go no way no you no <laughs> yeah, you These gotta put that in your ears. put that in your rider next time, uh, Xander. Put that in oh, your. Contract. I'm never gonna do it again. I'll, I'll yeah. walk off set. I won't do it again. And I'm gonna advocate for complete change. I'm working at the union level. I'm gonna work on the. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of unions, Steve, look, you you must be part of Local 44, eh? With or IATSE? No, or? no. Uh, visual effects, for the most part, uh, aren't in the unions. Uh, but can you explain to people, we have a lot of um, outsiders like Dean who listen to this show. Isn't this exactly what IATSE was trying to avoid? This yes, and time? this was a non-union crew. <clears throat> so they don't well, have the, well, the union crew oh. walked. That's because the union crew. No, I don't know that that's true. Do you have you that been verified? I think I, that's, I, that's, are you sure? Because I talked to somebody on the production. I have friends that were in it. And and that has not been confirmed. Local There's a 40, lot of people speculating. Local 44 has confirmed that props, set decoration, special effects, and construction departments were staffed by New Mexico crew members. There were no local 44 members on the call sheet. Um, but I did hear, but I mean, but I did read I that be really because they um the camera crew did walk off that morning. I don't know if you heard that or not. Because well, of the Yeah, the, I read that the conditions that they've been complaining about, you know, yeah. I, I think with the, with the surge, well, COVID helped accelerate the new media of streaming services and Amazon and Netflix and everything. And, and uh, we are, I mean, in our, we've never been busier because there's so many productions going on out there. And uh, when I'm on set, it's like, it's every day is just a long day and I'm not protected by Union, so I, I understood what they've been complaining about. Yeah, and it's absolutely. like just, just and, the push to get the the con the new content out, you know. And I was like praying last weekend, please don't go on strike, please don't yeah. go on strike. Don't well, you know, and a lot of us have been advocating as much as we can in support of IATSE. Uh, and I didn't mean to in, in any way uh, contradict you, Lisa. I just I'm, I'm super reluctant to. Uh, put things out there that haven't been 100% confirmed. And I have a friend oh. on the set that actually said that was put out there carelessly, that that was not what happened. Uh -huh. But it, what happened was horrifying. Right. And uh, and that's the, the main thing is that I, I think what's interesting is that uh, part of, you know, because you have conversations with producers and you're forced to get a different perspective. There's always more sides to everything. Sure. And uh, as uh, as much as I completely support the work conditions and have been subjected to way too much danger in my life uh, to not be a hundred percent behind safe working conditions and more reasonable hours and everything else for crew members. Um, there's, there's also a uh, producer. I, I still love independent films and I, mm -hmm. you know, I grew up in the golden age of them without realizing it, but they had budgets back then. And budgets for a typical independent film went from five to ten million to uh, not a typical, but a good independent film went to five hundred thousand to to three million. And overnight, like in two thousand and eight, after the strike, it seemed like it was that was it that we everybody got backed into a corner. And then new media and streaming comes along, and all these guys that really do want to make great art, and we still love making good movies that aren't big tentpole comic book uh, sequels that are interesting stories to say nothing against those um but just that there's more to be made and not just 
TV series and 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 right. uh, you know uh, cable limited series, but movies. We still like to go to a movie. I don't know if, if we've gone into that because I'm freaking I'm a cinephile. So I support these guys that are willing to put yeah. millions of their own dollars at stake in something that is a huge gamble, and they're trying to get what what they used to get uh, for a lot more money for a lot less now just in order to get something made I, the project i'm working on right now the, the the producers have been working for 12 years to get this thing made and there it was 15 million then it was 10 and it was five they had it all budgeted almost and that and that, now i know that it's well under that and they're doing it in 18 days which should be done in three months uh -huh. and it's still something that we're all feeling really passionate about and grateful that we get to do it but it's safety first because everybody panics and there's a rush when you don't have a lot of time. But the gun thing is no more. That, that should just yeah. be no more. That's just. Well, sorry, uh, I ramble and rant. No, are you kidding? I, I love it, please. Um, well, anything else that I haven't covered that either of you want to want to say? I mean, I'm so grateful for you coming on. It's just such a sad, sad day. It's so it just seems so avoidable. I mean, of course, you know, accidents will happen, but it just seems like uh, from what I have read and it's not been confirmed that they were having problems with the weapons days before this happened. And I'm not sure if Mr. Baldwin was actually rehearsing and it accidentally discharged if they, because I can't imagine how she would have been in the line of fire if she was behind the camera. Um, if they were just because just that, I mean, that happens uh, a lot. Um, there usually should be plexiglass and they would be wearing over ear protection. You'd be far enough away that if it was a blank, it, it, it shouldn't go further than a few feet. Um, you know, they're, they're, I, I honestly think, you know, as 100% reluctant as I am to make speculate, just immediately the blank was. Uh, they had a non-IATSE crew that was not mm -hmm. union, not as professional, not as experienced. They haven't worked their way into the union yet. They would all be happy to be in the union. Mm -hmm. They would make more money and they would have better working conditions, even though IATSE's working conditions are terrible. Nevertheless, it's better worse than, than non-union. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, these are people that are younger uh, most of the time that are way less experienced. And so invariably, somebody that did not have the experience, the level of, of skill required for something so incredibly perilous um, as gunplay, especially older guns, you know, Western guns, they're, they're, they're not in the vernacular anymore. So they, you're relying on gun collectors and stuff like that. And the, the kind of bullets that go in those that are different in the blanks, who knows? Um, but somebody, you know, without any ill intent, human error. And uh, we have to do everything we can to calculate to avoid human error when human life is at stake. And any of our, you know, eyes, ears, functioning senses, the Absolutely. actor, this side or the other side of camera. Yeah, you know, Dean, we, uh, Xander and Steve and I know that, you know, we give our lives to this job. You know, we work so hard, but we don't expect the job to take our life. There, There is no reason that that should happen. You know, we're, we're, we're making fiction. We're, we're making art. We're not, uh, 
we shouldn't have to pay for it with our lives. So I feel well, it's yeah. Look, and and that's true for any job, isn't it? Yep. You can be yes. as passionate about anything, no matter whether it's physical labor or what it is. And I, I think it's such a universal uh, tragedy because it's it is universally avoidable. And the same thing, you know, my real in my real life job. Uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a event producer, so I, I might have guys up in the ceiling, right, or um, uh, installing and hanging projectors and and speakers, and they're they could be sixty feet in the air, uh, or on a lifter, or you know someone could get squished. So it, it, it has to be safety first. Nobody should nobody should go to work and not come home for Absolutely. because they died at their workplace. You know, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of those are avoidable, and 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 protocols just need to be in place and be followed. And 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 anybody that finds themselves in a dangerous situation has to go against whatever sort of imagined or real pressure that they're feeling uh, to just you know we're losing the light or what's the matter? Can't, aren't you tough? Aren't you cool? You, you scared? Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I not to belabor it but there's just a, a hundred other things besides uh gunfire that uh, that i've experienced that risked my life and i didn't realize it until afterwards and uh, lisa you know my wife sarah has made me promise because we are all adrenaline junkies and we do you know for guys in society we want to you know not be babies be yes. tough mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there's the pressure is sometimes from ourselves that we that we just we're willing to take that risk yeah yeah i'm, I'm ancient but i'll still fall and and roll because i can tuck and roll and uh I and i can you know still do stupid things because they want you to yeah. and uh and they give you the assurance we've got you we, we've this is you know we've got you man and i've i've just watched like quarter of an inch falling off of buildings and and just crazy stuff you know right so i want to say that to all the actors and crew members who do listen to killer casting if something's going on for you call your union call you know reach out to somebody um outside of production if that's not working call the fucking city that you're shooting in and talk to the city and say unsafe things are happening here call the sheriff Call somebody and let them know what is happening. And if you are a member of IATSE and you're experiencing unsafe work conditions, you can call the IATSE safety hotline at 844-422-9273. So please keep your brothers and sisters and everybody safe. Um, We have to have each other's backs. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Xander. You sexy thing, you. So um, thank you so much, you guys. And hopefully someday I'll be casting something where we can all be together there you go. once again. <laughs> can I be an extra? Can I be an absolutely. extra? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All yeah, right, you have my to love. take a ridiculous risk. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, this is right. Killer Casting signing off. Killer Casting was created and produced by Lisa Zambetti. Sound editing by Dean Laffin from Real World Productions. Logo art by April Laffin. Theme music provided by Amphibious Zoo Music.